0: Stop stroking your mic. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve.
1: And I'm Al. And I'm Brad.
0: And this is Fools of Tools, a podcast for the ultimate upholsterer. Ah. And not ultimate as in, like, ultimate Spider-Man, ultimate as in final.
1: Because that's the topic. Uh, (laughs) We're not going to have to segue anymore. I guess. Sorry, we're going to talk about what we've been up to first. It's fine. Oh, all so, right. gentlemen, uh,
0: how are we? It's been a couple of weeks. What's everyone been up to?
1: What Bru- do you mean? I was there.
0: Yeah, I know, but they weren't.
1: Some of them were. Some of them were. Um, Let's see. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks ago, I was in Owls. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We did that for a couple of days, pretty much worked the entire time, making bags and sewing things and destroying our fingertips on said sewing things. Um, Then Maker Central happened, which was a blur. And then I made half of a hatchet (laughs) at the forge um, with the help of Alex Pole, which was amazing. Thank you again, Steve, for facilitating such things. Um what? it was a good time hanging out with everybody. I feel completely uh zapped and that's definitely paired with the fact that um twenty-four straight hours of travel. <laughs> Sorry, i have
0: just seen how it's going.
1: Oh, you're the worst. Um <laughs> I I did the I did the maths. Where I I left Al or I woke up at Al's at two a.m. New York time and I got into my bed at two a.m. New York time, so it was a full twenty four. I feel sick and I definitely have a bit of a cold and I hate you all. Thanks, lovely. Uh, Al, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh,
2: back to work. Um, yay, yay, back to work. Yeah so Monday was a the, the day of blues um yeah and a million emails that hit me in the fucking face <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah back to it back to back to normality after sort of two crazy weeks um normality seen some amazing people um lots of build up to kind of things we were doing and various um sort of milestones along the way it wasn't you know it wasn't just about Make a Central. There was a there was a lot a lot going on for the past couple of weeks. Um and yeah, just back to it. Um same as Brett says, we, we we got a lot done at mine. Like when I got back to work, everyone was like, Oh, did you have a nice holiday? I was like, It was not a fucking <laughs> work we <holiday were. laughs> every single day. <laughs>
1: um
2: yeah, lots of traveling, which is awesome because I love road chips. Um, lots of singing. Um but yeah, a lot of making as well. I mean Maker Central itself was a a great weekend of of making but for two weeks kind of we've been building stuff and and bodging stuff and fixing stuff um it's been really fun from customizing a roof box on my car to um, <laughs> building a, a, best a bench, decision. Best decision. <laughs> building a bench out of a trampoline um which is again just something that we'd never expect to do but um you end up when you, you surround yourself with the right people you end up with uh things just get built <laughs> in the background. Um yeah, there's there's just lo- loads loads of things tweaked with and tinkered. Um same as Brett got 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 half an axe. Um it was 3 quarters of an axe until I snapped the head off <laughs> T- try to use it as a splitting axe, which it clearly isn't because it's just a tiny little hatchet. But I got I got far too carried away swinging it. Um and and just took the head clean off. So, <laughs> yeah. so I I'll be back onto that. Um and rehandle it again i've never i've never handled an axe before so that was fun um yeah. maybe, we'll, maybe we'll try the next one with some soft shoulders who knows getting the getting the um spoke shave out and just having a bit of fun um seeing how you he can... went to town with that thing too yeah it was it was it's amazing how you can just sort of i know we've talked about the kind of the the, the Michelangelo thing thing of of, of of sort of extracting a um a finished object from a block of, of material mm. um but that that sort of um removal with the spoke shave is just really satisfying um especially when you go you know you hit the grain and then suddenly you just like you you're you carving chunks off and then yeah. the next thing you know you've got you've got an act handle <laughs> it's fantastic yeah. <laughs> um yeah so lots of talking lots of late nights lots of um lots of fun lots of banter um not as much oh, wow. drinking as as last year. I'm a, little, I'm a little bit disappointed in in mostly everyone, but also myself <laughs> um, for, for, the, for the slightly more restrained uh, Guinness consumption. Although Alex Paul did make up for for quite a bit of that with um,
1: his ro- rounds of Wait, gin. Hold on did we ever did we ever get the aftermath story of the stickers? Like what happened? What's the oh, last year? the oh.
0: On him. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, I think he kind of realized part. Well, he says, he' people that in, way fill through. people
1: in on what we're talking about here.
0: So, it. I don't even know how it started, but at some point <laughs> on Saturday night, uh, after a few drinks had been consumed, someone decided it was a good idea to stick a sticker on the back of Alex because he's a man mountain, and there's plenty of real estate there. Uh, that then became a game which Jazz got heavily involved in to the point where she wasn't just putting stickers on his back. Well, this is her and Joe, to be perfectly honest. Uh, not just on his back, but there was one that ended up on the back of his shoe, uh, which she was particularly
1: proud of. That was um, Sharon. Sharon. Uh, no, that was uh, Jazz as well. But I, I know she put it there, but it was Sharon's sticker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, at the end of the night, Alex realized what, what had happened. and But luckily, he saw the funny side of it. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of stickers on his back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he didn't realize about the, the one on the back of his shoe until he'd got back to the hotel that night and took his shoe off. But, um,
1: oh, man, we are, we are just the most rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're so cool. Last year was about putting stickers as high as possible. On the Hilton ceiling, and now this year it was just let's back it off a little and try and go on this human. Yeah, as high as you can on a human. <laughs> but, Sorry, so, I didn't mean to interrupt, Al. I
0: think he was done.
1: Okay, you, you done? Apparently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tell him uh, about the twine works. Um, Actually, Steve can do that.
0: Uh, I I was just going to say that, yeah, the the drinking side of things was very sedate this year. But I think that's because everyone was actually working this year. (laughs) Working. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. And also because we all couldn't remember, like I, I think a lot of us are still paying off the debt from the Hilton Bar from last year still, because <laughs> damn that place is expensive. Le- apparently, unless you are from Sweden, as Terry kept pointing out, he was like, "Oh yeah, this is the normal price I pay for beer." I am like, "Fuck you, dude!"
2: Uh, or same. London,
0: as it's known. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, seeing as you asked, I have done the same sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah I I've been non-stop since the last podcast um did the whole make a central thing everyone came back down here afterwards we did tour around the twine works at the forge uh debt yandles I saw many many airport drop off zones uh and then had a class saturday sunday um which was actually really nice because it was uh i I definitely could have done without seeing another human for the weekend but um but we had a really nice class in um it's the first time that Joe has led the the knife making class um but it was really nice to see like the way that he uh he took to because I think after um, Maker central where because my voice was going, he had to join in on the um the the talking bit as the knife challenges were going on. Uh, I think that helped him with his confidence a little. And um yeah, he just, he he did really, really well. And it was, it was really <laughs> nice to see.
1: I had more than a couple of people come up to me and just go, why is that guy swinging so hard? The other yeah. guy's not. So that's just how hard Joe swings. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. So he, yeah. He's very
0: much all or nothing. Bless him.
2: <laughs>
1: bless him. There was so a, anywho, there was
2: a, Something else as well, talking of Yandel, Steve. So um, one of our fantabulous people that have been over um, to the UK for a couple of weeks, big thank you to everyone who kind of made the journey, um, especially people like Dan who came over from Australia and yeah. people like Heidi who kind of it's the first time in the UK and it was kind of a big deal. Like, you know, for a lot of us, traveling is just kind of part of either work or daily life. Um, but I was I was really impressed by the amount of people that, that put the effort in and the investment to come over. Yeah. Um and one of those was uh, Jake who came, who came up to the hack shack with JP, uh, which is loads of fun. Um Jake's a crazy guy and and fits well into this this mad world that we we are all part of, but um he came up with JP and JP very kindly donated uh his old lathe to me. Nice. Um, which is something that I never thought I'd want or need or get into. Um because I understand it's an extremely slippery slope once you yeah. start turning wood um, <laughs> slash anything else that can go on there. I, I'm, I'm thinking how I can mount like a, just a giant Doner kebab onto it and, and, nice. and get it spinning yeah. up to like sort of 1500 rpm. Um, oh, the
0: wok underneath. To yep. cook it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, the hog roast. Um, and but coincidentally, at Yandels, um, Dan very kindly taught us how to turn. When um, we went on a, a little day trip there, so he had a little workshop set up. And there's a few of us who've never turned before and he took us through the ropes. And I think he was um he was a little <laughs> bit frustrated because he planned on this kind of step by step sort of idiot's guide and, and being the <laughs> the makers that we are. We all took we all took to it like ducks to water. Um and we're all like turning spindles and stuff within within sort of minutes of him showing us what to do. <laughs> um but yeah, it was loads of fun and uh, again that 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 constant strive to be learning new stuff and trying different things and yeah, finding different ways to to have spinny things and and sharp objects um, close to your face is, is always is always a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so potentially see some some round things on the horizon that are round right. on purpose.
0: Yes. Now, I must admit, that was one of the things I was really hoping to get to have a play with at the event as well, because mm. I've been speaking to uh, Steve Twiddell, and we kind of agreed that he was going to get me on a lathe for a bit, and I was mm-hmm. going to get him forging for a bit and neither of us left our respective booths other yeah. than maybe to go for a quick wee and that was about it
2: i mean not, um, not to not to go on about make Central too much. this isn't a make Central episode but i think I, that, that was the same with a lot of people i think a lot of people kind of like yeah oh yeah then we'll do this and then we'll do yeah. that and then i can swap over on this and it was like nope <laughs> it, 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 yeah you're here <laughs> this now this is where you live of what you're doing for the next sort of three <laughs> days um, i think that that's kind of that yeah. Especially hit me and so like a brick wall, like, <laughs> oh right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I, mean, I I didn't even actually get to see the show.
1: No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw whatever booths were between ours and Steve's. Like yeah. straight shot, that was it. That's what I saw. And then whatever I was looking at Apparently the there room.
0: was a fucking knight there. What? Like, a, a suit of armor.
1: Like
2: because uh I did not see that. James
0: from Morton Make uh put up uh, he posted Craft Maiden's like review of uh, Make a central, and that was fucking great because I got I did not know that half that stuff was there. Um, but I think this is because this is one of the things like I'm uh, weirdly kind of acclimatized to from doing the festivals and that because when we're doing festivals we never get to see what else is going on. So I think I kind of already knew what to expect um, with doing the the forge there. But yeah, I definitely think for uh, like people that hadn't necessarily done stuff like that before, it was um yeah, not not quite what they expected. But I think everyone did fucking well. Um like I know the the make with maker stand, like like the amount of people that I uh spoken to afterwards who were raving about it and saying like how good it was to actually get the chance to have a go at those things. Um, so, yeah yeah think,
1: we did everybody think, did fucking fantastic. Yeah. Makes me happy.
0: Good. Uh, so, so. Uh, let's go in, because otherwise we're just going to end up talking about it for fucking ages. Let's go in. It's up over, our... Steve. Oh, I see what you did there.
2: How uh, oh, do you want to explain yourself? Cause, yeah. Um, yeah. I think the fact that it's come to an end, I think a lot of people have kind of... Um, Hit that sort of blues moment, the post kind of the post event blues, and and everyone's kind of gone back their separate ways and back to reality and stuff. And the fact that this thing that's been building up for a year since last time has ended, um, I think, it's kind of correlated with quite a few other things that, that, are, that are coming to an end this year. Um, there's been a a ten year um, experiment by by Marvel to see if they can create this um, this fantastic. Cinematic Universe, which has kind of come to an end with with with, with Endgame, um, which is about hundred million off being the highest grossing movie of all time. So, fingers crossed it can knock that bag of shit off the top spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, there's, um, there's been you may have noticed there's been a um, quite a popular television series that has just come to an end. Um, for those of you that don't watch uh, Amazon Prime's The Tick. Um, it's, <laughs> it's run for two series, has uh, been absolutely fantastic, and is no Can more. Can you remember the original? The tick, the tick, the cartoon was oh, yeah. fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. ace. I can't remember if it was on if it was like part of Space Ghost or if it was just on like after Space Ghost.
1: No, I think but, it was around the same. Just, I, like, I don't think it was part of it. I think it, it was just they'd the show same... it afterwards or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, uh,
2: yeah. I think things coming to an end. Um come December, you know, we'll we'll. we'll hopefully see the last Star Wars film for a good couple of weeks until um, they make another seven. <laughs> but I think, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that have come, come to conclusion uh, in, t- in 2019. Um, and I think closure is something that we talk about quite a bit and um, getting to the end of things and the satisfaction that it brings and the kind of the, the, y- y- you can look back, you can, you can, you know, reflect on your expectations and, um, it can be positive it can be negative but it's also like the the then the chance to start again um so you know say, yes we're all knackered and you know everyone's feeling a bit down um but i love to sort of spin that and then have that be the beginning of right what's next um that you know the 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 kind of the 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 add kid in me that that can't sit still and can't pay attention wants to know what the next thing is wants to learn the new thing i think um ending is a fantastic thing for me. And closure is one of my favorite things and probably the thing I strive for most more than, more than sort of gratification or, um, uh, quality or, um, you know, pride. They're not really things particularly that bother me, but closure is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, so I love, I love seeing things come to an end, um, whether you like it or not. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people are upset with, uh, the weekend's, uh, conclusions to a certain storyline. Um hey. some people were not Easy. You know, it's it's, the, it's yeah. the way it Easy. is. Um, you know, the fact that they just faded to block, I thought was really brave. Um,
1: <laughs> um, See, that,
0: like, seriously, though, the Sopranos ending is fucking brilliant. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. That's such a good way to end a show. Yeah. Oh, we're going to end up talking about a lot of films, aren't we?
2: Not necessarily, for a change. <laughs> but like. <laughs> I must admit, like it's either that, it's either that or food. I mean you can... <laughs> foods and foods on films. Um Films on Foods.
0: <laughs> foods I,
1: on film.
0: I must foods admit like, it's it's good that you said about the fact that um it's something that you and a lot of people look for over and above um uh all the other things that you listed that I can't remember. Um exactly. Uh but I think that's why a lot of us uh, do what we do. Like a lot of us are involved in this community because getting out in the shed and, and making something gives you that sense of closure. Cause it's something that more and more we're, I don't want to say denied, but like we, we don't have it. It's like advertising and media and things like that. Um, constantly dangle the carrot in front of you because they want you to come back. They want you to keep going back for more and more and more. You know, a lot of our jobs, we don't, you know we we're, we're only a very small cog in a very large machine we don't get to actually uh see a project through to the end to actually finish it you know we just work on a very small part of it and and we don't get to see the the final result um so i think closure is
2: something that we let's like say i don't i don't think
0: denied is the right word but
2: we... no it, it's 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 ta- it's not yeah you're right it's not denied it's just it's kind of taken away from us a little bit more. I don't yeah. know if it's deliberate, if it's part of kind of the machine, man. I just yeah. want to keep it going. But like, I often get reminded of things like car adverts. Um, yeah. Like in the past, you know, an advert for a car, like a Cadillac or something or Volkswagen or BMW would be like about how long the car lasts, Yeah, how well built it is. You know, um, I remember there's a fantastic BMW advert where it just showed like a, a brand new uh, three series next to a used three series, yes, and they're just exactly one. the same. And it was yeah. just saying that like you can buy a used BMW and it's just as good, yeah, and it'll be cheaper. And it was, it was kind of a weird advert for them, but they're basically saying we, we we make fucking great cars that last a long time, mm-hmm. yeah. um Whereas now the majority of car adverts, you know, m- maybe apart from like the, the luxury end, um they're just fashion statements, yeah. You know, literally to the point of like, you know. Ooh, what's, what are you driving this summer? Yeah. And it's like, but that's a 20 grand thing that, you know, I'm going to have to
1: get into debt to buy and I'll never pay off. And you're making out that it's just a disposable item. This Oh no, but yeah. they, they got to tack on the stuff at the end of how little you have to pay up front. And like, yeah, yeah, mean, yeah. Go get this car for free and then yeah. spend the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> they don't tell you that part. They just say that it's 0% financing and $1 yeah. down. Yeah, so, To me, buying a car is closure. It's
2: like, right, I don't have to buy a car anymore. I do yeah. have to buy a sofa and again. Like I, I remember, back, I, I bought a pair of fucking Ray Bans. Right, they're super nice aviators, classic. Um, yeah. I got them <laughs> personalized with uh, <laughs> <laughs> an, fucking prick, an Archer quote. Um, but <laughs> nice. All right, I'll get, I'll let you off there. <laughs> um, and I was like, right, I don't have, I ever have to buy a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, at least not in the fucking foreseeable future. You know, if, I'm gonna have these. Uh, wait, I'm gonna have these for at least Is ten years. In those glasses until I fucking um. Either lose them on the beach or, or smash or them. Or it. Yeah. And then within days, I was getting emails off Ray band going, "If you, do you want to buy these sunglasses, do you want to buy these sunglasses?" Do you want I was like, "I just bought a pair of sunglasses. How many eyes yeah. do you think I have?" Like, what? <laughs> I, I don't understand, and it just really confused me. And I was like, it, "Are you saying the ones I bought are shit, and I don't need them anymore, or they've gone out <laughs> of fashion?" Like, this is a classic style. It's an aviator. They've been making them for decades. I don't ever want another pair of sunglasses. Um, And it it just it just put into perspective for me this like this idea that I love closure, but it's not a commercial thing. Yeah. You know, the the, the everlasting light bulb is is regardless of whether it's an achievable thing will never happen because nobody ever wants to sell you something that will never sell you another one.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Oh, man. That brings up the tire thing, too. Like they've they've created tires Mm. that don't need air. Yeah. but no one will produce yeah. them because it puts everybody out of business. <laughs> um, this, this is an interesting topic considering the first day at the Hilton that I saw Phil from eighth trades, mm. eight trades. Um, it was actually a, a, the Samurai Champlu show that I've talked about a handful of times on this in a very similar fashion to, you know, the fade to black or the TV shows that you guys were bringing up earlier. Phil and I actually ended up connecting on, Champlu because it ends it just stops it's one season however many episodes I can't remember but it just ends and we don't get to know what that story is same thing happens with Adventure Time sorry Adventure Time where (laughs) okay some people haven't made it there yet whatever it's no spoilers it's just that there were a lot of people expecting more story from one side or the other, more character development, what have you. Um, the, these shows that seem to just end or that people get, uh, I don't know. They expect that closure that you're talking about Al. Yeah. Um, and when it's not delivered instead of them having the reaction of like, Oh yeah, I can go back to my, my life now. This yeah. was, this was nice to have, but like the, the show has basically told you, we're done. Move along. Yeah. Like yeah. I hope you enjoyed, but but move along, you know. But, I, I like to look at those. Um I'm speaking specifically about media now, I know, but I I really enjoy those. I don't think I used to. If you would have talked to me ten years ago, I think I would have been the person kind of fighting to get more like why won't they do another season or whatever? Bring back Firefly. Bring back do another Fly. Firefly series. We're doing it ourselves. <laughs> um but I I actually, nowadays, I, I really like when someone can tell a story and pin it at the end, regardless of what your thoughts and opinions were at the end of if it was long enough or if it was, you know, it was too short. They didn't tell me enough about this guy, whatever. Um, I appreciate the closure because it allows me to just go on to the next thing. And I know this is what you were kind of hinting at earlier, but... um. I, I love being able to put a pin in something and kind of hold on to like Firefly. You go, that was great then. And I love that it, it has, it just stops. And like, yeah, we, we all watch serenity and you kind of go, Oh shit. Well, what happens now? Well, they go back to their life of doing what we've seen them been doing, what yeah. we've seen them do for the last, you know, 14 plus episode. um It's, it's nice because I get to create those those future stories for myself, you know. And when you look at it at what we're all doing now uh, in our daily lives, yes, making something in the hack shack or the forge will give you closure because you finish the project. But every single time you do that, it, you're not done. It's like yeah. invigorating for you to go, right, next project. Yeah.
0: I mean, that, that's one of the things, though, is that uh, – Closure doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the story. It's just, it's the end of that, that part of it. It's like, um, to put it in real terms or like, cause with a TV show, you know, you can have, you can have a, a an episode that, you know, it doesn't have a cliffhanger ending, hmm. so everything's wrapped up nicely, but there's still, uh, underlying story arcs that haven't been completed and haven't been addressed. So it still drags you on to the next episode, but it's still, it's got a self-contained story within it. And,
2: and like, yeah, it, it's uh, it's the opposite of the 24 model, which is just yeah, literally yeah, yeah, designed yeah. to make you want to watch the next episode, which is just yeah. like a metaphor for fucking like this sort of capitalist, like p- perpetuating machine of, of just yeah. like, just keep going, keep going, keep going, until so you're dead.
0: <laughs> but. uh but yeah, because because like, in terms of projects, like it doesn't necessarily have to be that you've completed the entire thing. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to like closure doesn't necessarily mean that you've finished that Welsh dresser. It can just be, you know, you've you've finished part of it. Like yeah. uh today, for example, I was doing uh the, the skewers that we sell. Um the last time I was in the workshop, I uh I did a fucking million uh tapers. Today, I spent the entire day wrapping the little pig's tail twist that we have on the end of them. Um, so I just spent the entire day doing that. And it was, it was fucking horrible because it's just it's <laughs> constant. But I got to the point where I only had, like, 30 left. And I was looking at it going, I really don't want to do any more of these. I want to go on to, like, the next thing. And and half of me was tempted because we need a load uh, – ready for this weekend um, for the next festival. And I was like, oh, fuck, I might just get a load polished because at least then we've got some for the weekend and you know, we we've got some of the rest of it. it's, it's fine. Um, I was like, oh, fuck it. I there's only 30 left. Yes. It's going to take me however long it takes me, but then it's done. Like that's, that's that section of that job finished. Um, and kind of, kicked my own ass a bit and and made myself go through it. And then I felt so much better when I got down to like the last four or five that were left. I was like, fuck, yes, this is, you know, I'm going to get closure on this, you know, I'm going to have it all finished and all done. And yeah, the next part of it still needed to be done. But that, that section of work then was finished off. It was closed off. And if I'd, if I had skipped and gone and polished the load, then I know that when I go back in tomorrow or Thursday, I would have to go back to to doing the same thing again It's like actually now I don't have to until we ne- make the next batch next week
2: Is yeah it- I think I think it's 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 a really valid point, Steve, about that closure just being being subjective and being what you make it yeah. um absolutely for me when when it's it comes to a making project um it's not about the finished thing it's not about the French dresser. You know, putting on the final coat, and then that's it. Like, yeah. you know, the the end for me is never that. Uh, the end for me might be just a particular facet of it, um, or the you know the hardest part of it. Yeah, for me, it is it, a lot of closure. So, or the, or the bit that's like um, stressing me out the most, or the most intimidating, or the most exciting. Yeah, you know, get get the most exciting bit at the end, and it's like, ah, oh, right, you know, I can, I can kind of ca- park that. For the moment, because it's not, it's not, it's not eating it. It's not sort of pecking at my brain anymore. It's not, it's not bugging yeah. me. You know, do me, finish me, finish me, finish me, finish me, finish me. Um, yeah. So, so closure absolutely is is not necessarily the the very end of it. And I think, I think that again, that reference to to films and stuff. You know, they're going to make another fucking Avengers film. Yeah, they've, they've made twenty five billion dollars <laughs> of this franchise. They're not going to not keep doing that. Certainly not yeah. at the fucking Mouse Factory anyway. Um. So yeah, that it, it, it's the end of a, of an arc, but it's not necessarily the end of what they're doing. Um and and yeah, absolutely for me that's it's the same. So, you know, learning new skills and stuff. Yes, I love the next thing and, and trying new things, but it doesn't mean I'm not gonna go back to it and go, Can I do it better? Yeah. Um, you know, what's what 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 what's what's the 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 organic next step for this? Um because I although I love closure, I also hate the idea of, of something being over. Yeah. Um, you know, because to me that's then, it's then dead and it's, you know, it's not, it's never gonna, I'm never going to pick it up again. Um, that's why I loved like taking Tira down to Birmingham because it was, you know, the, I finished the project a long time ago. Um, but even just like firing it up again and, and filling the gas chamber and, you know, and, yeah. and getting it working and even actually adding to it, you know, the fact that we, yeah. um we all kind of added little extra features to the to the gun just just to help the show it yeah. was fantastic because it meant that although i had closure on the project a long time ago um it's still alive and it's not dead and and that kind of idea of things die terrifies me that you can't you can't then go back and enjoy them again or you can't um tweak them or fiddle or improve yeah. um so there's there's definitely a, a flip side to this to this to this idea of closure, especially with making. So that's what I think something like I liked, I liked your your point about a French dresser, Steve. In terms of this like fine woodworking, really beautiful, almost like a work of art, that's the end. Yeah. Um I think I talked about this in the past about um uh it's in the the movie about Turner, the landscape artist. Yeah. Where he does a fantastic um stormy sea and and it's been well, kind of, it's been kind of yeah, yeah. And, and he just goes and in the middle of like an exhibition he just pulls a paintbrush out of his pocket goes up to it and just paints a little boy bobbing yeah. around in the sea, a buoy, a buoy not a boy <laughs> um so even to him this literal work of art you know although he finished it and probably you know spent a long time and a lot of stress and a lot of emotional energy went into it it's still his prerogative to to keep it going which yeah. I, which I love as a, as a as an antithesis to 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 closure
0: yeah, because I mean, th- that's the thing is like it, it's funny you said about like going back to the, the, the dresser um analogy, like you you said putting the you know that that coat of finish on it as being mm-hmm. you know, that's that's closure, that's when you see that to me isn't closure, that's all right now I need to move it into the house, now I need to <laughs> fill it to put, with clothes, yeah, now I yeah. need to put stuff on it. Like, it, yeah. at what point does that then become finished? Does it become finished when? Yeah, you know, when when you've put the last coat of finish on, does it become finished when it's in the house? Does it become finished when it's, you know, thirty years down the line and it's still standing? Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it, closure is an odd thing because it's, it's, it has the potential to be very, very definite and and factual.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, it can be extremely subjective. But, um, well, I mean, it's, there's, it's quite formulaic in terms of like our world and what we see in social media and stuff. And you know, people put in the final coat of of lacquer on, or yeah. you know, something drying. You know, Brett, when I see you like flame a handle, I know that's kind of like that's almost the end of the, the build because this is the last thing you're going to do before you maybe put some some BLO on or something just to bring it, you know, bring it to life and bring it usable. <laughs> um, you know, is is that actually, you know, is that is that closure when something becomes uh effective as a tool mm. you know whether whether or not it's a something you're making as a piece or is it actually, to me like closure is screwing two bits of fucking wood into some mdf because then then it becomes a shelf
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the second the screw goes in it's like right i'm done because it's now a shelf and that, it wasn't right. a shelf 10 seconds ago <laughs> um and there's nothing precious about it it's not, it's not like Oh, I've, 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 I've slaved over this, and now it's at the end, and now I can relax. Yeah. It's just like I need to get this done because it, I don't have a shelf, and now I've got a shelf. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, there's obviously different levels of, of of how much effort you put in and how much, um, you know, care gets gets you to the end of the process.
0: Yeah, because like that's I just kind of feeding off that a little bit. Like one of the things that we we discuss and we talk about in in the classes that we do if someone's coming along and they're making knives, Hmm. like so many people think that once you've forged and like profile ground a knife, like, Oh, that's it. That's a knife. And, and one of the points Alex always makes is the fact that that's, that's not a knife. That's a a knife. (laughs) It's not a knife, (laughs) but that's just a knife shaped object until you've done the, (laughs)
2: that's just a knife shaped (laughs) object.
0: (laughs) Anchor-shaped object. Yeah,
2: that's not. A, that's just a sharp bit of metal that you use to cut things. <laughs>
0: but, but that's the thing, is it? Until you've done the heat treat and the temper and everything else, it it's not a knife. It, it's just a a metal that ha- bit of metal that happens to be shaped like it. Um, and l- that's what I mean. Is like to to different people. Yeah, that closure comes at a different point, and it's. I think that that's one of the things that I love about like. Um, The way that and and about getting to to see what everyone else is up to is the fact that let's say to me doing those um like finishing the tails on those skewers that was that was closure that's like yes that is done now all that needs to happen is polishing and polishing is a shit job but it's you know you put your headphones in and you don't really have to think other than don't let the wire wheel catch this and send it into my eye Mm -hmm. it's just you just get on with it and so functionally those things those skewers uh, are finished it's just tidying up um so that's where i get my kind of closure from like i i get the the closure of that project is when they're all sat there in a bucket waiting to be cleaned not when they're all cleaned and polished and sat waiting to go on
2: sale yeah I i think um actually Might as well talk about fucking blacksmithing because this is a blacksmithing podcast. Um, (laughs) I was
1: trying to veer it away and you didn't see me
2: raise my finger. I'll I'll, I'll do one tiny little bit more blacksmithing. Um, That's actually a really good point because I think when when we're at Alex's, um, you can see that's how his mind works. You can see there's a lot of process going on and it's like step one, do this, step two, do that. Step 14, uh, apply finish to the handle. And it's like, then it's an axe. Um, And I was doing uh, my axe head um, and it was, you know, amazing to see a, just something that's just a blank, just a, a cuboid, you know, slowly turn its way into um, an axe um, yeah. and the process that you go through. And, and I love that kind of that formulaic step by step, um, especially with smithing because it has to be done in a certain order. That's, you know, that's the, the first thing I learned is the order of the operations that you've got to do stuff in. Um and I stupidly wanted to do it all by hand. So it was taking ages, <laughs> um, mainly because Ellen was on the power hammer, which was the most fantastic thing I've ever nice. seen. And I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to take up any time on the power hammer. Um, but going from that block of metal to an axe head, I could see it happening and I got it to the thing, but it's, it wasn't finished. You know, I could, maybe, yeah. I, could, I could have done with like maybe two or three more heats. Um, just to get like a nice, a nicer profile on it. Yeah. Um. But it was shaped like an axe, and is an axe. And you know, once it's ground, which I have done, it's it serves its purpose and is now oh. an axe. Um. So it was not finished, but I was satisfied because I've got it to, you know, silhouette. It's the you know, back yeah. to Disney thing again. It looks like an axe. Yeah. Um. And relatively straight, and you know, serves a purpose. So for me, that's enough. I could have been precious. And wanted, you know, oh, can I just have, you know, I just want, I just want to get it finished. I just want to do this. Um, absolutely didn't want to grind it finished. You know, I wanted to do the, properly. You know, yeah, forge it to the, to work as close to as possible as I could. Um, but I think that's a great example because obviously you're right. In Alex's head, it's got to be to the to the very end, and then it's yeah. then it's allowed to be called a knife. Then it's allowed to be called an axe. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just an axe-shaped lump of metal that you've sharpened. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. But even even before I handled it, to me it was all, it was an axe, yeah, because it was the first one I've ever made, um, and just the 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 the, the magic of, of it coming to life was enough for me for closure. Yeah, you know, my next one I'll be precious about. My next one I'll 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 do the, do go through the details and and really refine. Yeah, for me, it was enough to do the first one to this to this standard. And now I've got an axe, and it was actually something that I do fucking need. So even yeah. more so, the necessity of it actually made made me want to have closure. Because if I'd have fucked around and continued, maybe I wouldn't have had time to, to, to heat treat it. Yeah. You know, I might have finished the, the profile; it might have been a lovely looking object, but I wouldn't be able to use it as an axe because I wouldn't have had time to put it in the forge. Because we were on a, you know, we we're, we're, were up against the clock. Yeah. Um, so again, for me, it's that payoff and that battle. You know, how much do I care about what it's going to look like? How much do I care about how, you know, how smooth it is? What grit am I sanding it to? You know, does it really fucking matter? Or do I just want it waterproof? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
2: You know, because I'm using it. Because a lot of the stuff I do, I'm not not selling stuff. I'm not putting stuff on display. Um, Most of what I do is to be used. Um, So, you know, I mean, even, I think, Brett, I think you're of a similar ilk. When I was um, shaping the handle for the axe, I actually wanted to keep it with just the tool marks in. Didn't want to go anywhere near it with sandpaper. Yeah. Um, because what, why? Am I worried about scratching my hands than I'm doing the gardening? Like, mm. the, like I want the fucking grip. Like, the the, the the tool marks have left a fantastic faceted edge that's just perfect for gripping an axe. Um, what I don't really particularly want, a smooth, shiny object that's sharp, slipping out of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, for me, closure is maybe two or three steps
1: before other people's closure. And um, to your point, Steve, it's, it's absolutely subjective. Yeah, I, I was going to shift it. It's nice that you talked about uh, this closure thing and how it's different for different people. But from the creative side, Al, I was going to ask you, in art and design, um, when I was going through school, there was that's where you really get hit with a lot of what is finished, right? Because you'll see different illustrators do a portrait where – People have seen this because because it's a style that exists all over the place, but where it almost looks half finished. Yeah, but like the detail, the most detailed parts on like the eye, no eyes, nose, mouth, are photorealistic yeah. renderings, and then it's almost like everything else just kind of fades away. Da, Vin- da Vinci stuff. If you if you see any of Da Vinci's like yeah. illustration, the face is
2: immaculate, it's like a photograph, right. but then the head just kind of disappears and yeah, did, like a tiny bit of a torso. But he's done yeah. what he set out to do.
1: Yes. So in in art and design, and especially with what you do in terms of these clients and mm. the kind of work that people in the community do where you it is a client project, what is their idea of finished versus when you think it's done? Um, and where are you able to either accept that you would take it six steps further because you don't think their idea is closed enough or finished enough versus the times where you go, I, I this is this is completely done where it is yeah. and they want you to go six steps further, you know? So the give and take, like how do you deal with, uh, clients specifically? Cause we're not, not all of us are working for ourselves all the yeah. time, you know, and we always have to try and pay the bills by either hmm. making stuff for other people or we work day jobs and things like that. So how do you, as someone who does this and Steve, you can attest to it with, um, any of the projects that you're planning on producing or that you have produced up until this point? Like, when do you know that it's finished? When does the client know it's finished? Like the, the knife board. So Al, I want you first. And then maybe Steve, you can wrap it up at the end. Yeah. I mean, for, for for client work, um,
2: like there's never enough time. There's never enough time to finish it. You could, you could go on forever. You could, they, they call it crafting in in the design world and it's like you know how much love and effort you put into a piece of typography like nine hundred ninety nine thousand consumers are not going to give a shit about how well you've kerned the type (laughs) um but a few designers on an online forum would so it's how much how much is it relevant how much is that going to actually matter and the clients that that i work for are you know largely commercial uh largely corporate largely um you know huge consumer you know a lot of lot of fast-moving consumer goods that yes it's nice that things look nice um but ultimately the it's like how much does it stand out how bold is it uh, how easy is it to read how quickly does it communicate what flavor it is because people in a supermarket and they've got five seconds to shop um and it's less about the details less about the craft um some of my job is about this kind of lovely attention to detail and and, you know, the, the the higher end products you get, the premium things, you know, you're looking at a sort of, you know, 10 grand bottle of Johnny Walker. Yes, that that absolutely needs to be, have love in it. It has to have detail and you have to really kind of invest time in it. Um, but closure for me is like on a an hourly basis at work, literally. Like I will have to have a deadline at, at, at 11 o'clock, a deadline at 2 o'clock, you know, a deadline at the end of the day and then a deadline for the morning, wherever that may be. You know, whether you're pulling an all-nighter or not, it's irrelevant. The client wants it in the morning. Um, so closure for me at work is, is literally when it's done. Um, mm. And it, it upsets a lot of the kind of the the raw, true creatives in the industry because they're precious and they want everything to be beautiful. And, you know, and it's like you need you need to draw the line between when you're a commercial artist, which is kind of what, graphic designers are um, and an artist artist. Like if you're if you're if you're pained and, and everything has to be perfect and your it's your symphony, you know, and, and you're crafting it, um, that's fine. That's your prerogative. Do it in your own time. If you're doing it on the clock for a client, um, it has to be done by the book. It has to be what they asked for. Um, but ultimately they're paying us by the hour. Yeah. So we can't afford to take longer than was quoted basically (laughs) literally we can't otherwise the business will just collapse um so the closure is yeah closure is essentially when when it's done which sometimes it's not the level that you wanted it to be sometimes it's not as fine as you wanted it to be sometimes you're on a photo shoot they haven't quite nailed it but you know what you've got another eight to do yeah and there isn't any more budget so (laughs) short of asking a photographer to work for free which they're going to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> there's not a lot you can do, um, yeah. and I think that's why people in my industry do work late a lot and do do a lot of late hours because we're not getting paid for it. But we have a passion for what we're doing. Yeah, um, we're kind of lost. We're lost artists in this world of where we want we want what we do to be nice, but we're not getting paid for it. Um, so there's a there's a there's a huge problem in, in my industry of of people not getting not getting the time to do what. the we're supposed to be doing, yeah. Um, so closures, closures, a difficult beast in 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 the design world. Um, yeah. But like on the, on the flip side of that, you look at something like Jacko, where he's he's made this fantastic knife that a lot of people in the community have bought. Um, but everyone was super supportive when he, when when he wanted things to be right. You know, he could have very easily said, "Go with it, go with what I've got." You know, this the stuff that the China have sent me is not particularly what I want, but there's people waiting and they've paid. Yeah. Let's, let's put a fucking nail in it and call it a day, move on next. But, you know, he had, he had very supportive people. He had a few dickheads who complained, but you know, the majority of people that, that's the that back, the make a knife wanted him to get it right and wanted yeah. him to, cause it was, it was his project, you know, it, it was supporting him and, and, and him wanting to make this knife. Um, so I I always, I always saw that project and thought, yeah, that's great. That's what it should be like. If you're if you want something done properly, it doesn't matter how long you, you wait for it, or it doesn't matter if it's a little bit delayed or if it's a little bit more expensive. Uh, which, unfortunately, as I say, with with huge kind of corporate clients, it's just not the reality. Yeah. They're not interested. You know, it has to be done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think like kind of
0: <laughs> going on from that, there are. Uh there's a lot of things out of that uh, that we could talk on for fucking hours. <laughs> um, like like the whole thing about when do you call a project a day? Like there was mm. – um, going back to these skewers that I was working on, there was a couple where – Oh, enough about the skewers. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, there was a couple just where – Just say pigtails
2: like, again. I like it when you say pigtails. Pigtails. Squiggly pigglies. Uh,
0: there was a couple where like there was just little – things that were just like little niggly things that weren't right about them. Um And it was kind of an option of like, right, okay, I can spend 20 minutes fucking around with this one skewer to get that right. Or I can just chuck it and spend that 20 minutes getting, you know, another 15 done sort of thing. Um And I think that kind of, again, like th- what you were saying about, uh, making sure you take the time to make things right it's you've also have to make a call of whether or not that's worth it and, yeah. and everything else and again that comes down to closure like when do you call a project finished because like you could easily say like oh just just one more heat one more little bit, this, <laughs> one more little bit. like we get it with students all the time when especially when they're working on uh in fact we, we quite often get it with the um, on the beginners classes with nails like, oh, I just want to make one more nail, I just want to make one more nail like at the end of the day after we've finished everything we're like right okay you've got 20 minutes just fuck around do whatever you want to do and the amount of people that go back and they want to do another nail because they just want to get that closure of just doing that one yeah. perfect nail um, and the same with the knives it's like it, it, someone will make a, a, a blacksmith knife or something like that and they'll spend so long just <laughs> trying to perfect it and it's like it's it, it, it's fine as it is like if if you carry on working on that, you're not going to get to do anything else. And you need to just kind of accept that that's as good as it's going to get for now. And, yeah. and you go on to the next thing. Um, and we have, like, we've had the same thing with clients, like the, the knife board, for example, that we went back and forth towards the end of the project. And all of a sudden, the goalposts started changing. And it was kind of that balancing act of like, I, I want to obviously give a, the best product I can give but at the same time this is not what we agree this is not you know it, I can keep doing things to it but it's going to take longer and it's going to cost you more like what where's your um? like where's your cut off point yeah Um. so yeah again like the the whole closure thing it's that that's when it becomes frustrating because I'm sure you've had it with clients before where they've said right we need this and and you've had to produce like the minimum viable product and it's frustrating because you're like i could do so much more with yeah. that and even though the project is out the door and it's gone you don't have closure because
2: you're not uh you're not completely satisfied with it so yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's 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 one sort of silver lining to that in that in my industry what we do is relatively cyclical yeah so i know that it will come back it maybe in a few years time maybe to a different agency i'll maybe pick up some other work that a different agency had done a few years ago um you know the the something that it gets designed is never finished it's always going to yeah. be need redesign um consumers tastes are going to change uh you know they might decide that cigarette packets don't need designs on anymore <laughs> um yeah. so you know the 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 design industry although it's frustrating is a fluid industry so there's there's always going to be design work there's always going to be something to redesign you know that that is ninety percent of what I do is redesign you know very rarely do we actually design something from scratch um, and yeah. so there's always that that continuous you know even if it's not from our point of view from the client's point from the client's point of view certainly it there's no closure like there's literally people who are who are employed all the time to constantly be redesigning the packaging. Yeah, yeah. It's like that must be super frustrating for them because yeah. they go through all this effort, but all this love, you know, if, if, I, I, I often paint clients in a bad light, but they want the same thing that I want, which is just yeah. great, great work. Um, but it's literally their job to then do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it must be really fucking frustrating because you can't, you can't really invest yourself if you know that as soon as that's done and gone to print and is on the shelf, the next thing you're doing the next morning is starting the next design that's going to come out in two years, yeah. <laughs> of the same thing that you just finished designing. It's yeah. like, oh, <laughs>
1: I think I think what's being said uh, over and over again here is acceptance or accepting seems to be an important part. Or I'm just picking that up out of the conversations that you guys are having, but accepting is just as important as the closure, right? Like the, the closure comes with the acceptance that the thing is either finished or that you have to move on. Um, so instead of I'm, I'm putting this in my own head, but with everything that I was saying earlier on in the episode, it's like, I've gotten better at accepting those things. I don't look for closure so much anymore as I look for acceptance. Like, when do I get to let that thing go out the door or when do I get to walk away from that project? Is not when it's done, it's when I can accept where it stands. Um and synonymous with that would be closure, but I'm trying to spin it in a different light where it's like you have to accept the things that leave you, or you have to accept the things that clients, you know, need and you deliver to them in that yeah. timeline. Like Steve said, you know, like Al, you could work on something for another six hours and probably get a little bit more craft into it, but it's gotta go out. So you've learned to accept that in your job that yes, things may be cyclical or you may be able to come back and work on that project, but clearly your acceptance has gotten better uh, over the years of producing this kind of stuff where like you're good at hitting end games end marks um, benchmarks or, you know, whatever you want to refer to them as, but you, you can accept those things leaving you now. Whereas maybe before you were a little bit more precious, Steve, I imagine you wanting to, Swing five or six more times with another heat or two is like, you now accept that the pigtails might have small differences, even though you want them to be the exact same. You accept the fact that it's steel and they got to get done and they got to be ready. And yeah, Al, Alex will probably chuck them in the bin if they're not good, which isn't great. But uh, I'm sure you're able to accept imperfections or or maybe not, you know, like 100% perfect dead on.
0: I mean, yeah, because it it kind of comes back to to what we said in a few recent episodes about things being like good enough. Um, like good enough is good enough. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And but the thing is, I think that's kind of the one of the things is when you're when you're producing something kind a commercial scale um, and 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 as a commercial product, it's that, uh that level of good enough or acceptable is is more clearly defined whereas when you're doing it for yourself that's when you can like that's when you really get that closure because you can keep working on it and working on it and working on it until it is absolutely perfect um and you can you can keep talking about it and you can keep you know working on it until until you think that it's uh it's fucking spiffing okay so i'm gonna go first this week and i am gonna go with uh simon woodhouse from sw creations um just because simon's someone that i uh i met at maker central last year um and i've been following him uh on instagram and talking to him occasionally and he's just a really fucking nice guy uh he uh he was there again um this year and i was lucky enough to have a bit more of a chat with him um but as as with basically everyone at maker central this year i didn't get to spend anywhere near enough time actually speaking to him um but yeah he's got a a small um instagram account um with some really cool interesting stuff including a uh basically two Massey Ferguson tractors (laughs) welded together that he made in college or something. And they're fucking amazing. Um, But yeah, he's, he's one of those people that's just like, uh, like almost undercover awesome sort of thing. Like he's he's really, really cool. He's got some very interesting stories, but he's not particularly extroverted or anything like that. So he's kind of a, he's a bit of a hidden gem as it Hmm. were. Nice. Mm. Um yeah, and, and just a, a really super nice guy. Um so yeah, go go check him out. Uh so that means Al is next.
2: Yeah, talking of uh, hidden gems, I think um I think last year we all kind of like recognized uh Nick for his kind of fantastic brainchild that was um that was Make Central. I think everyone was really grateful and he's he's done the same again this year. Um but this year obviously been been a lot more involved behind the scenes, um, with with sort of various facets of the show, even to the fact where the boys were helping fucking <laughs> pretty much <laughs> build the fucking sets as well and, and pull yeah. up the banners and things like that. Um it became apparent that that the team behind Nick as well um had done a really fantastic job, particularly uh James and Harry who were the two kind of yeah. the, the two consistent members from last year who um helped us a lot with the setup as well um particularly for 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 me where this is my first kind of foray into an, an event like this in event management and and sorting out things like um liability like insurance risk assessments um all the sort of planning and and, and what and,
0: a fucking doozy to start with
2: wow um yeah but yeah but uh harry in particular was 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 really helpful really patient um you know all the stupid questions we were firing over about you know what we were allowed to do what we couldn't do um yeah you know being um supportive of things like you know even like bringing tira you know anyone any jobs worth could have just said no you're not bringing compressed air onto stage and you're not shooting yeah. things at guests faces um, <laughs> um there was there was a lot of professionalism but a lot also a lot of kind of The opposite of professionalism, um, (laughs) usism. In terms of they, they were kind of winging it as well, and they were they kind of had this a bit more of a cavalier attitude and um, want things to happen. Um, You know, there's a time and a place for jobs worths, and I think we've talked about that in the past. Where um, absolutely, I want my doctor to do things properly, but um, you know, when you're doing something like this and you're working with creatives you also need a bit of leeway and a bit of understanding. And I think the guys did a great job. I saw this year specifically how on the ground they were and how hard they were working. Um, So the, the the team behind Maker Central, I think deserve a, deserve a spiff. Um, And I think even more so going forward with what they're doing, they're going to set up the, um, the Maker Central hub um, and the whole membership scheme, which I think is a really exciting thing. Um, We'll, We'll let you guys know more about that when we know more. Um, it's still kind of a coming soon thing, but uh, I'm under the impression that there's definitely going to be more Maker Central, uh, yeah. and if not yearly events, there's definitely going to be more from it as a brand and as a as an organisation. So, nice. big shout out to the to the little guys behind big events.
0: Nice, good shout. Uh, I'm you, you've said everything. I'm not going to add to that. Uh, Brett, go. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm following suit because that was a really good shout. So it's, uh, our, our favorite insiders birthday today as of recording, but I have to thank Alan Fisher for everything that he did for the event and constantly checking in with us and checking in with the team. He was super helpful last year and we all got to meet him last year. Um, super nice guy. And then, to just be able to show up and see a face that I recognized from a mile away. And I was like, there's yeah. Alan, who's also, you know, he's active in the Fools group and everything, too. It's it's nice to know that we have inside Alan, as silly as that name is, <laughs> Colin Furs himself. But um, it was just really nice. You know, it's like anytime I needed him, he was there, and yeah. he was always checking him when we didn't. So it, it was just really nice of Alan. I don't,
0: to- I don't know if you can see that, but he was... He was actually uh, going to be... I, I've i got him on my notes to shout out because I was going to shout him out next week. Um, well, too bad because I yeah. stole him. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely fucking spot on shout. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: a great guy. There's not much more to add to it than that. You did great. Thanks, Alan. Hopefully yeah. he listens. I think he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope he does. I'm pretty sure he does. Cool. Uh, any other business? I've been told I have to put my hands up when I need to talk. I was going to say there's no point putting your hands up because I've put my hands up. They can't hear you, Steve. Um. All right. So on the same uh, line of thinking, I do just want to make sure that everybody that helped with the booth and the event in general and the after events and everything's. Um, thank you to Sharon from Figma figments made she helped red a lot with the leather working class patty did an amazing job helping with ellen and sophie and just like yeah whatever we had uh sam helped with the uh sewing machine logistics which was great and then matt jones helped with the quartz for red's class um and there were tons of other fools. I know I know I'm going to like forget to actually name specific people, but uh everybody that was there that helped with the booths, Phil, Phil cannot cannot forget Phil who not only fed us more meat than <laughs> ever needs to be consumed by three people, but Phil from Dark Star was basically the reason that he he was the reason Red's class got to go the way that it did. We we had help from Matt um, with the quartz blocks and stuff, but Phil was one hundred percent the reason that the glasses got to go the way that they did. So Phil, massive thank you. Um, everybody else that came by and helped and break down the booth and do setups and stuff—it was just—it was brilliant. Yeah. So thanks to everybody.
0: Yeah, no, that's a a very good shout. I mean, I I'm I'm not gonna name
1: you weren't even there. <laughs>
0: I, I was just talking about the event in general.
1: Uh, you were I, don't you, I, I don't know if you noticed, but we
0: were a little busy over our side as well.
1: Nah, um, you had too many hands to help. <laughs> you had a kill. That's all you needed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was Funnily enough, I was going to say, I'm not
0: going to embarrass myself by mentioning anyone by name, because there really was too many people to actually shout out. Um but uh kiel especially is an absolute fucking diamond of a person um and i know he helped us massively he helped you guys uh it kind of felt like he was just running the whole show at points um you don't say and uh, and uh, and yeah it it was he's just a fucking lovely person so kiel we love you and yeah I think that's it. Uh, any other any other business? No? Okay. So if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media sort of places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. And if you want to find us fucking dick. Uh, I can see you hiding under your (laughs) T-shirt. If you want to get hold of us as a group, then you can find us uh, on the socials and stuff. Search for Fools with Tools podcast. Uh, The website is fwtpodcast.com. The shows for this episode will not be out until next week because I realistically am not going to have time to do them. Uh and I think that's it. So How do you know when the show's over? Ah, oh, you fucking prick. What a dick. Ruin the joke, Brett. This is how you know the show is over. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> fucking idiot.